Welcome back to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Fry Comedy, and as usual, you can always reach us. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, and we're mostly on Instagram, but we're at Surviving Empathy Podcast or, uh, or Chef Fry Comedy. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I have my beautiful wife and co-host, Rebecca, and we're going to talk all about the new UAP Congressional Hearing. If you're not aware, it's a very exciting time to be a ufologist now, you guys, because we're now getting to a point where our government is starting to be more open-minded and more transparent about the phenomenon of UFOs, or now they're classifying it as UAPs, which stands for Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. That is the new classification that the government is calling it. And maybe that's their way of trying to ditch the uh, stigma of UFOs and ufology. But at the end of the day, it's a very exciting time, you guys, to be a ufologist. If you believe you have seen these uh, craft in the sky, uh, there are just so much evidence out there, you guys, that I, I can't even tell you. And even our government is now admitting that. And that's an exciting thing. So we're going to go over the details of what transpired at that hearing. It was about an hour and a half long. They had an open session, and then they had a closed session. Uh, We can't really report much on that because it is top secret classified, but we can give you our opinion, the both pros and the cons of what transpired during this unprecedented, really, congressional hearing that hasn't taken place in over 50 years. So if you have a penchant for aliens in in Area 51, if you have a penchant for uh, UFOs and UAPs, you are in the right place, my friends. And then we're going to just talk about uh, our analysis of the hearing and our uh, understanding of where we're at in these new exciting times in the UFO field. So grab yourself a drink, get comfortable, put on your tinfoil hat, and let's begin. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bright Comedy, and today I have my beautiful co-host, my partner in crime. She's the host with the most. Please give it up for Rebecca Russell. Please say hello to the folks. Hi. (laughs) That was anticlimactic. (laughs) So, you guys, welcome back to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we want to get into the weeds of the uh, big congressional UAP hearing. Uh, So if you don't know, uh, our U.S. government uh, finally, since 1966, had their first actual uh, UAP, that's the fancy new word for UFO, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. Uh, It used to be called UFO, which is unidentified flying object and there might be a small distinction and we'll get into that um but but for the first time in a very long time our government had an actual hearing uh we're talking real congress not just you know subcommittees we're talking like actual big wigs were there republicans and democrats they all got together and they had a, an open session hearing and then they had a closed section hearing right afterward that we didn't get to hear unfortunately i wish i did because uh we'd be the exclusive and we'd be we'd be 
We'd be jamming, baby. That's where all the juicy stuff was. That's the juicy stuff. Yeah, that's the good tidbits. But uh, but we wanted to go into the weeds about this whole thing because it's really exciting news, you guys. Because any UFO or UAP enthusiast, um, we're at a point, you guys, where we're getting sick and tired of the government cover-ups, the lacking of transparency. And for the first time, not only is the government open to destigmatizing the stigma that goes along with reporting a UFO or UAP phenomenon, uh, but they're actually encouraging it for the first time by naval uh, vessels and uh, commercial pilots and anybody who sees one, it's now becoming destigmatized where not only do they not want people to be afraid to come forward, but they're actually encouraging it. And that is something else. That is good stuff. Definitely. Step forward, yes. Yeah, so I'm going to start reading. We have a few articles here to kind of keep us on track, but this one comes from Axios, and uh, it's what Congress learned in its first public hearing on UFOs since 1966. Uh, Congress held its first public hearing on unidentified flying objects in decades on Tuesday, centering on investigations about reports, military encounters with unexplained objects. And it says, by the numbers. A database, a database tracking unidentified object sightings has grown to roughly 400 reports. Sightings are frequent and are continuing, witnesses say. Uh, the hearing follows a U.S. government report on UAPs. Uh, it says the report concluded that UAP could pose a threat to national security, but found no evidence of aliens from the incidents. Now, we'll... Well, we could go on afterward, or we could go on as it stands. I believe that Roswell produced aliens, and I think they're not being entirely honest about that, or else yeah. why would they be having a closed session? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, whatever. Um, but we're going to uh, challenge some of this evidence as we, as we talk about it. And then it says here, the last hearing on UFOs <clears throat> was in 1966, when then Republican House Minority Leader Gerald Ford held two hearings regarding reported sightings in Michigan and other parts of the country earlier that year. One now resolved unidentified aerial phenomenon video captured by the Navy was explained as lens aberrations and the aperture shape of the night vision goggles used to record the footage. Now, <clears throat> we watched this whole thing, you guys, and what I can tell you is <clears throat> bullshit. They claimed that they um, debunked these triangular UFO vessels as, um, uh, what were they? They were lens aberrations in lens some of their... Lens and lens glare and lens, lens aberrations. Lens aberrations that were caused from their binoculars and different um, telescopes and things like that. Now, we saw the footage. It looked like triangular shapes in the sky that were blinking. They were blinking, yeah. mm -hmm. and um, and they're trying to say that this was uh, simply a lens aberration, that it wasn't actually UFOs. Now, the thing about that is, is that I'm not just gonna, you know, drink the Kool Aid just because I want it to be true. But in this instance, I really have to say that uh, I don't. They didn't recreate this. They, yeah, they, exactly. they looked at it and then decided that's what it was without really going down the weeds of their scientific process. There was no scientific yeah, process. And that is 100% my problem with it because I am 99.9% .9 sure they didn't try to recreate it to make sure that their, right. their final 
spots on well, it lined up. Well, they did up. say that they were seeing lens aberrations as triangles and other equipment, and therefore... Yeah, yeah. It, but, the but thing they didn't of, try to recreate that particular Yeah, they didn't thing. try to recreate it, and also, we've seen repeatable phenomenon of triangular UFOs that blink. Yeah. So, so what, you, you're telling me that, that military equipment and, and all other civilian equipment are all malfunctioning? malfunctioning in that exact same way right and that's all over the world it. like all these shows like the one in particular factor fake mm-hmm. like if they had a piece of footage and they had a conclusion that it could be this or that they made an experiment to try to recreate it right and then they could go based on that but yeah. they didn't do that they didn't do any of that. like oh no. it looks like this so that's so what therefore yeah, yeah. And, and so when we were watching it as it was playing out i'm like we're ufologists okay you guys we're not professionals, but we're amateurs. But we we believe in the scientific method. We're very much enthusiasts. So yeah, <laughs> we've been doing this longer than these motherfuckers. You know, yeah. no offense. Yeah. Um, they have better equipment than us, of course. But but when you know your stuff, you're like, whoa, wait, what? Yeah, we're gonna stop I'm right there? Not gonna believe something unless yeah. they've shown that they've tried to recreate so, it. And- so yeah, our official yeah. <laughs> position on that is that we they didn't debunk shit. So bullshit. Yeah, we're calling bullshit on that. But uh, anyways, going down the line here, it says Deputy Director of Naval Intelligence Scott Bray played another video of a military flyby with a UOP that has yet to be explained. And then it goes into resolved reports fall into five explanatory categories. Okay, it it the so what they're saying is is unidentified things, UAPs, could fall into these five mm-hmm. categories, okay? So that's, one, airborne clutter. Two, <clears throat> whoa, <laughs> I did a Peter Brady right there. <laughs> Two, uh, national atmospheric phenomenon. Uh, so that's natural phenomena like clouds and whatever. Airborne clutter, what would you think that is? Shit flying around in the air. Which makes more Dust sense. Dust debris, if, maybe? Yeah, which, it, yeah. I mean, it could be like there's some random balloon floating around up in the atmosphere. Or, yeah, or maybe it would have to be something like that. Like, or maybe yeah. a swamp so, gas. They, they like the swamp gas. <laughs> yes, they do. Uh, number three, U.S. government or U.S. industry industry developmental program. So that's any U.S. governmental craft or whatever. Uh, number four, foreign adversary system. So that's... That's the national security threat they're really worried about is they're concerned that, you know, Russia or China or some other uh, hostile force might have technologies we don't. And no no man likes seeing another man with a bigger dick than he, <laughs> you know. So, and then number five, other, which serves as a holding bin of different cases and for the possibility of surprise and potential scientific discovery, Bray said. So I think that's just unclassified uncategorized yeah anything that won't fit into the other four Mm -hmm. goes in that bin yeah and then it goes on to say uh there have been 11 near misses between unknown objects and u.s military assets it goes into this it says u.s service members have recorded no collisions or direct uh, communications with uap bray said they also uh have found uh wreckage material that isn't consistent with being of terrestrial origin he added so that might be Roswell, might mm-hmm. be others. Yeah. Uh, then it says the House Intelligence Committee's Subcommittee on Counterterrorism, Counterintelligence, and Counterproliferation interviewed Defense Department officials about DOD's work looking into the UAPs. The, U- the airborne object identified and management. S- okay, 
let me start over on that. <laughs> the Airborne Object, and this is an acronym, it, and this is a new thing. Uh, the Airborne Object Identification and Management Synchronization Group, or AOIMSG, was established in November of 2021. So that's a brand new thing. Kitty. Oh, goodness. Hold on, you guys. Okay, Kitty is out of the room, and, uh, you know, she just she, she she's not as interested in UFOs and the government as we are. So. No, she's not. Nah. Um, and then just so you guys know, we've got some neighbors over here pounding away. So just, you know, pretend like it's the movie uh, signs. signs where aliens are on the roof. You know, if you hear pounding, just exactly. be forewarned. That's what I'm trying. That's what I'm picturing. <laughs> exactly. So, OK, so getting back into it, the uh, AOISMNG was established in November of 2021 as the successor to the DOD's Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force which was created in response to reports from naval pilots and other service members about the encounters with UAPs over several years. Some videos from the reports were released by the Pentagon in 2020, including recorded footage from infrared cameras of fighter jets. And uh, it says here, what they're saying. Uh, Bray, and that's the guy. So there was two men. There was a, a, a Bray and another gentleman. I'll, we'll get to that later. But they were really the two people. Oh, here he is here. Okay, so it says, basically, there was two guys standing there. One was from the mm-hmm. Navy and one was from some uh, intelligence. And they were the ones talking. And then all the Cong- Congress was, like, asking them questions. So yep. that's kind of the format of mm-hmm. how it was working. It says what they're saying. Bray and under and under Security of Defense for Intelligence and Security, Ronald Moultrie. That was the African-American gentleman. And then Bray was mm-hmm. the white dude. We couldn't see his name because they kept hiding. They kept, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get, get, move your thing, guy. It was, wasn't it like computer generated? Yeah. Stuff in yeah, the way. We're like, what's, we're trying to right. find his name. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, there's a white dude and a black dude, and they're both in, you know, uniforms. Okay. Uh, Moultrie stressed that the Pentagon's primary goals with AOIMSG are to organize and synthesize raw. Abnormal data collected by service members and to identify UAP. Now, that goes mostly for, uh, you know, probably naval and possibly other Coast Guard and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it goes, uh, we know that our service members have encountered unidentified aerial phenomenon. And because UAP pose potential flight safety and general security risk, we are committed to a focused effort to de- uh, determine their origin, Moultrie said. And that was a black fellow. Uh, since the early 2000s, we've uh, seen an increased, increasing number of unauthorized or unidentified aircraft or objects in military-controlled training areas and training ranges and other uh, designated airspaces, Bray said. White guy. Uh, in his <laughs> opening statement, reports of sightings are frequent and are continuing. The Pentagon attributes the frequency of sightings to the increased presence of commercial drones near military sites and better sensor equipment detecting debris, such as mylar balloons and military space, airspace, Bray said. The frequency could also be attributed to the AOIMSG. Oh, that just rolls off the it tongue, does, doesn't right? it? Yeah. Great acronym. <laughs> standardizing reporting okay the frequency could also be attributed to aoimsg standardizing reporting procedures for navy and air force service members and the pentagon recently encouraging service member to report anything abnormal while at sea or in flight see now that i believe 
because yeah. it very well could be that the the frequency hasn't gone up, but people are being encouraged to come forward and report it now. So before you'd see something and you would just not talk about it. You look at your not co-pilot. Even pilots really yeah, wanted to talk. You'd look about at your co-pilot and just make a little look, and that would be it. Like mm-hmm. you would not because you'd be shunned or you'd be yeah. demoted or you'd be you would be yeah you might lose or, your career yeah you might lo- lose rank you might lose credibility so, and, yeah. and there was a very big lacking of transparency in the government from way back and even when uh, Roswell was happening and all that stuff at Wright Patterson uh, Wright Patterson is a base in Ohio. Which, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but, I mean, I've said it to you, but yeah. on the show, yeah. my grandfather was in the Air Force, and yeah. um, he was based out of Wright-Patterson for the whole last part of his career, and yeah. I just, we didn't have a very good relationship just because they lived on the other side of the country, and we couldn't afford to see them, and mm-hmm. they wouldn't come see us, but I just, and I didn't know about any of this stuff, like, I just wish Makes he was you wonder here what he now, might have known. and I could ask him questions, and well, you said he, he was, was fairly, ver- high up. fairly like, he wealthy was, man, maybe he was yeah. paid off. Uh, Maybe well. he knew about UFOs and he was paid off. That's Who where knows, he got his, but That's where he got his crunch money. Possibly. Man, <laughs> I wish he was here and I could ask him some questions. It would be fascinating, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. Okay, so Rebecca, you have uh, some information there that you want to share. So that's pretty much that whole Axios article. And, I, and I want, you have a, a little bit different angle to it. So go ahead and, and speak on that a little. Okay. Um, this article that you sent me was in uh, The Conversation. And uh, the really interesting part was um, said the current hearings are the result of a stipulation attached to a 2020 COVID-19 relief bill, which required U.S. intelligence agencies to produce a report on UAPs within 180 days. Wow. So it was really interesting that they tacked that onto that. Like, Well, that's the thing that they do like sometimes it's called trojan horsing where a bill might sound good and but they'll put something toxic in it and it's called trojan Mm -hmm. horsing or a poison pill yeah where you put something bad in something good and then what you do is you attack the other side of the aisle like so if say a republican comes up with a bill and then it's it's for something good and then they put something bad in it and then what happens is is the Democrats say, well, no, we're not voting for that bill. And then uh, the Republicans say, see, see, they don't want to yeah. vote for good stuff right. because there's something bad in it that they're not talking about. And so mm-hmm. that's called Trojan horsing. And um, I find that odd. I don't know if that's a Trojan horse in this particular instance. Yeah, I don't know. And I, if it was, it was one that I think everyone agreed on. It wasn't a... Yeah, it was just kind of like, oh, since we're here... Like, Let's put this in Let's there because we all want to know about it. So yeah, does it go into any reason why it doesn't? No, not yeah. at all. It just says that that's uh, that's what it was. Okay, but um, the author made a really interesting um, point about how much we've actually explored of the galaxy. Yeah, and he said if the Milky Way is considered equivalent to the Earth's oceans, the sum total of our decades of searching is like taking a random swimming pool worth of water out of the ocean to search for a shark. On top yeah. of that, we're not even sure sharks exist, and if they do, what they would look like or how we, how they would behave. While I believe life will almost certainly exist among the trillions of planets in the universe, the sheer scale of the universe is a problem. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that kind of puts it into perspective. Like, well, Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, you guys, is like, um, you know, the, the, the skies out there are ginormous, and that's why SETI... You know, the search for extraterrestrial intelligence is kind of has all this radio equipment and satellite equipment trying to search for any anomalous 
sounds in the sky because that's how they do it is by, you know, various uh, equipment like sonar and things like that. Anytime they get a transmission that doesn't sound like space debris or just natural space, uh, they're like, hmm, what's this? And then they can then decode that. Um, yeah, the, you know, but it, yeah, that's the thing is like, uh, that's why uh, the Drake's equation, that whole equation that, that talks about the statistical probability mm-hmm. of being life on other planets is so, um, you know, profound because when you do the math exponentially, you find that there has to be life on other planets, given yeah. what we know about the observable space we can see. Yeah, exactly. And this this guy goes on to talk about like how everything's so far away and the amount of time it would take for information to get to us and mm-hmm. this and that. But the thing is that this whole article mm-hmm. and his opinions about that, it's based on the technology that we have. Right. And that's the thing. If there's life on other planets that are getting here somehow, they are so far technologically well, advanced and they know so much more than we do. That and, I, that's, and that's why we give up a lot of times on deciding on what's real because if they're coming from hundreds of millions of light years away, that means a hu- you're talking a hundred million years at the speed of light. Mm-hmm. Which exactly. our physics... We're like, no, that and that's just the can't problem. happen. It's our physics and our limited Well, knowledge. that's why we're starting to understand that perhaps there are shortcuts or loopholes or, mm-hmm. you know, time-space portals or wormholes that uh, yeah. allow us to get shortcuts. Or there's an alternate dimension that we can travel in that d- 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 bypasses space and time. Yeah. And we that's just why I know. think, like, this guy's saying, you know, based on all that, I'm going to conclude that aliens haven't visited us yet. But that's just, I think that's so limited. Like, based on what we know, well, nothing could have happened. Well, so is there anything else on that article worth talking about? Not really. About? It's just him talking about how, because of what we don't know, like, if, if, um, so they're talking about the odds of a plane crash is one in a million. Mm-hmm. That begs the question, do we think an alien spacecraft that can travel for thousands of years across interstellar distances is more robust and better designed than our planes? Let's say it a hundred times better, which means the chance of a crash is one in a hundred million. So to end up with alien wreckage stashed away at Area 51, we would need 100 million visits from alien spacecraft. That would be 2,739 visits from aliens per day, every day for the past hundred years. So there we go again with those statistics. Right. But the thing about statistics is that statistical probabilities don't account for po- the the times when things do happen. Yeah, and it's based on what we know. It's well, and it's not. It's in a vacuum in the yeah. sense that real life isn't being accounted for based on evidence or based on any real living situation. Mm-hmm. It's just statistical probability yeah. based on certain yeah certain factors that we decide exactly what and about factors we don't understand it. that's exactly it you know. we, can't, we can't take into account things that we don't know well you know and watching this whole uh, thing play out you know because there's really not all that much to report you guys at, at the end of the day what we got from this whole thing because the, the hearing was about i'd say what was it hour an hour, hour and a half yeah. maybe hour and a half yeah, yeah and um it was interesting, and there was a lot of um, banter back and forth between Bray and Moltier and the and the Congress mm-hmm. talking about stuff. And then a lot of times they say, "Oh, we'll reserve that for the closed Close hearing." Yeah. Um, my takeaway was at least, at least, at least, our government is at a point where they want to 
destigmatize the the reporting of UAPs because uh, it could pose a threat to national security if it's because if it's if it's extraterrestrial in origin, it's a security risk. Mm-hmm. If it's um, technologies from an enemy country, that also would pose a very big risk. Yeah, exactly. And so at least we're at a point now where our government is uh, uh, going to be open-minded about reporting and uh, people will no longer be punished or their reputations will no longer be put in jeopardy based on the fact that they saw something unusual. And that's mm-hmm. progress. That's, yeah, that's definitely progress. But, it's let me give you my big but. Bureaucratic progress. <laughs> well, and that's the thing about bureaucracy, is that bureaucracy is not only slow. I, I always like to attribute it that gov- the government and bureaucracy is like a very large ship, in that it's very slow to turn, it's very slow to stop, and it's very slow to go. And um, mm-hmm. it, but it is progress, but it's slow going because bureaucracies take time because they have to test and retest and you know get permission from get permission. And, and, yeah, you got to go up all these chains of command. Um, but that was my takeaway. Um, I want to talk about our opinions about it for a little bit. Um, my opinion is that um, you know we've Rebecca and I have been reading and thinking and talking about UFOs since the 80s, really, but more, you know, you know, but since the 90s, I mean, I've been a fan ever since I saw a UFO uh, back, way back in, uh, what, 1992 or whatever it was. I, I, I'm not even sure of the year, um, but it was the early 90s, and uh, there was a lot of TV shows about it, and um, since then... Um, We've gotten a lot more evidence because of uh, the fact that we're finally destigmatizing the stigma of UFO uh, phenomenon, UAP phenomenon, as well as possible alien encounters. And um, my, you know, the, the big takeaway that I got was I was relieved to see that our government is opening its mind to the possibility of things. But I also realized that as a ufologist myself, they are woefully behind us in terms of what they understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's it felt to me like I was watching a UFO show from 1986. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, that's all our government knows or is willing to say? Yeah. Like, the way they talk about it, the way they talk about the process, the way, um, what, what they're willing to say and what they're willing to admit uh, is so woefully thin that at the end of the day, I can only assume that our government, um, they may know stuff we don't know and they're not telling, I'm sure. Of course sure. they do, yeah. And I think I don't think we're ever going to get full transparency, but at least we're getting rid of the stigma of reports so that these threats can be assessed. And that's good. Yeah, that's pretty much my takeaway from it, too. At least it's taking away mm-hmm. the stigma, which means there will be more things that we can see. And just because they did release the Project Blue Book stuff, we got to see those new videos that we hadn't been able to see before. So I think the biggest part of it is that we'll be able to see videos we would normally not have seen. Yeah. But I'm not going to count on them for giving us any information or finding out new things. Well, that's the thing, is that the government is your last-ditch effort to find credible information because the government, whether, whether you like your Democrats or Republicans or not, they are not going to just start giving... We're... Listen, you guys. 
The dissemination of truth, the dissemination of news, the dissemination of facts matriculates down from a source, right? So by the time a reporter gets it or by the time it gets to an internet site or anywhere, you have to realize it's been filtered by all these people, all these professionals who may or may not have uh, ulterior motives to suppress evidence. And so by the time, that's why I'm not big into the news. While I do try to stay up on news, you got to realize, you guys, that by the time the news reaches the, the, the mouths of the Washington Post or any news source, it has been filtered and edited a hundred times. And so we're always going to be the last to know shit. And, and that's why it is so important to have... Um, Private, independent ufologists like ourselves, like Nick Paul, journalists like we were talking independent about journalism, yesterday. right? Because mm-hmm. when you go to Twitter and you go to all these UFO places and MUFON and all these different things, they're gathering information and evidence, video evidence, and things that uh, the government is it seems to me woefully uh, behind on. Don't you think? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They they might have it, but they're just looking at it and oh i don't know what that is oh it's a lens flare we're done yeah like, yeah and well and like they were all asking really smart thoughtful questions trying to sound so composed and i was like yeah yeah you know being composed doesn't mean you're not still a jag off you know <laughs> you know because they're trying to be so credible and they're trying to be you know it's always politicians will always be politicians whether you like them or not you know i Try to support politicians that are doing good work, forward-thinking progress. Um, but at the end of the day, they're still politicians, and they still have to think about re-elections. And so at the end of the day, you never know what the hell they're really thinking because a lot of them are just filtering themselves, and they're they're trying to come off so composed, so professional. And at the end of the day, you know, like when um, Schumer, what's his first name? Chuck. Chuck Schumer. No, what, no, no. Who was the one that was there at this meeting? Not Schumer. Uh, uh He's a Democrat. Oh, gosh. Okay, so we had to pause because I couldn't remember his damn name, but Adam Schiff was there. And Adam Schiff, if you guys don't know, he's one of the major ranking Democratic leaders at, uh, in Congress. And uh, we liked the guy. You know, he, he, he really did some good business on the January 6th committee and all that. And I, I think he has a lot of integrity. I, 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 I don't dislike all politicians. I... I tend to favor Democrats over Republicans, uh, not because I'm a Democrat, but because they're they're at least less full of shit than Republicans these days. That doesn't mean always. Yeah. Um, I still hold all politicians to the standard of you're still a politician. Uh, mm-hmm. You're still full of shit. Sorry. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and that's the thing. Like, I, you know, we've talked about MSNBC and how they're so fancy and they're so educated and they're so scholarly and we just kind of we let them trick us through class and charisma uh into um basically being radicalized into these uh pro-democratic agendas now you don't really have to do that with me because i'm already a progressive if there's going to be overlap between any party it's probably going to be with the democrats more than republicans because republicans are trying to bring shit backwards while the Democrats are at least trying to take care of growing the middle class. That's what we care about. So there's overlap. It's not because we're Democrats. We are not Democrats. We are independent progressives. There's a difference. Yes. But that being said, I wanted to bring up Adam Schiff because he was asking a lot of thoughtful questions in his composed intellectual style. Mm -hmm. And I was like, 
Okay, good questions, good questions. And they would answer them. Um, but, but it just, through that course of questioning, you realize, holy shit, and I know I said it before, but I could not fucking believe how woefully ill-prepared our government is if there were UFOs or aliens. Holy shit, they would, we would get our asses kicked. Yeah. You know, it kind of reminds me of the MCU where Iron Man said, you know, we are woefully ill-prepared. Once we understood that there are other beings out there, we are woefully ill-prepared to handle a threat. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's why the Avengers were created and all that. Right. Yeah, we don't have Avengers, The only little tiny piece of comfort is that there were closed sessions. So yeah. So you know there's more, more stuff that they know that's more top secret, which... They know more than they're telling us, obviously. Well, so hopefully they're a little more prepared than they're telling us. <laughs> and, and they probably want to go into the weeds of all the different things, you know. Um, but, but yeah, watching those back and forth, I was just like, ugh, why do I feel like I'm in a time capsule? I was so excited when I heard about it, and then we watched it, and it was just like, man. There wasn't much to there say. There was not much to say What, at all. what yeah. I'm getting is that they want to be more transparent, yeah. the government. The U.S. Navy and all the U.S. Uh, militaries are going to... Um, uh, empathize and believe soldiers and and what are what are, marines what are they what are they called marines soldiers we were soldiers that was the army so <laughs> whatever <laughs> seamen <laughs> they're gonna believe naval officers they're gonna believe all these people without it affecting yeah, their career or screwing or up being yeah. no, no punishment yeah, yeah and so that's good you know mm-hmm. um, but yeah it did feel though like we were in it's our infancy in terms of actual. Yeah intelligence mm-hmm. and uh we don't know what went on in those uh, briefings and the closed door sessions uh, but you want to speculate on that for a little bit because the only thing i'm thinking is is like they admitted that there are have been over 400 observable provable yeah. instances yeah. of uaps and right. you guys i mean we watch a lot of paranormal stuff and uh I myself saw two glowing red football-shaped orbs in the sky that looked exactly like UFOs, and uh, they flew all the way across the horizon for a good minute and a half to three minutes, and uh, there was just no denying that that was not a lens flare, that was not the sun, those were fucking crafts. Yeah. Way, way up, way outside of our stratosphere, up higher than our planes fly. Yeah. And uh, I just knew it. They were tiny by our eye, but I would imagine those craft to be at least fifty feet long. You know, yeah. Um, they look tiny to our eyes, but they were almost in space. So high, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And um, I was just impressed what I saw, and so that put me on a lifelong mission of trying to figure out the unexplained: Bigfoot, cryptids, ghosts, everything. And that's why we offer. As empaths, as intuitives, not only have we researched a lot and have a scientific grounding, but but also we have that sort of intuitiveness that allows us to know when people are full of shit. And so, uh, you know, uh, did I think they were full of shit? No, no, not not necessarily, but they were definitely holding back. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And so this would be a perfect time to bring up this other article I have from Space.com. And this kind of goes into the shortcomings of the the congressional hearing because there there was a lot of shortcomings. There's a lot, yeah. There wasn't a much there, so it was woefully short. Yeah, so let me read this. It says, "What's next for UFO studies after landmark congressional hearings?" 
And it says, today's May 17th, and that's when it took place, May 17th mm-hmm. of 2022 was when the congressional hearing happened. But it said, Tuesday's May 17th event was the first open congressional hearing about UFOs in more than 50 years. And it goes into this, um, and it says it has drawn mixed reviews. Uh, eagerly awaited by many, it was the first open congressional hearing of UFOs or UAP as they've recently been rebranded in more than half a century. So now that's the difference, you guys, I think, is that UFOs are unidentified flying objects. Uh, our government is now calling them UAP. So uh, we'll probably end up going and starting to call it that from now on because mm-hmm. the government it recognizes as such. I think UFOs has more of a stigma that they're trying to avoid. Yeah, and it, it more sounds like it's an actual craft because it's flying well, objects and rather it's a phenomenon, than aerial phenomenon that could be anything. Well, in the unidentified air. flying object only specifies that it is unidentified, that it's flying, that it's in the air, and that it's an object. UAP is unidentified aerial phenomenon, which it's I think because, has a, a little bit yeah. broader scope. Yeah, yeah, definitely can, does. You know I what I mean? So. And then you mm-hmm. have those five categories that I talked about. Mm-hmm. So that would be the difference, I mm-hmm. think. But anyways, let's get into this. Um so it says, eagerly awaited by many, it was the first open congressional hearing on UA- UFOs or UAPs as they've recently been rebranded in more than half a century. Congressman Andre Carson, Democrat from Indiana, Chairman of the House Intelligence Counterterrorism, counter- Counterintelligence, and Counterproliferation uh, Subcommittee kicked off Tuesday's hearing by noting that more than 50 years ago, the U.S. government ended Project Blue Book an effort to catalog and understand sightings of objects in the air that they could not immediately be explained. Uh, for more than 20 years, that project has uh, treated unidentified anomalies in our airspace in our airspace as national security threat to be monitored and investigated, Carson said. And then it goes in here, it says, out of the shadows. In 2017, it was revealed for the first time, Carson said, that the U.S. Department of Defense had quietly restarted a similar organization tracking what we now call UAP. And and last year, he added, Congress uh, rewrote the charter for that organization, which is now called the Airborne Object Identification Management. That's that A-O-I-M-S-G. Mm-hmm. So now they've renamed and reclassified that, that group. And it says, today we will bring that organization out of the shadows. Uh, this hearing and our oversight work has a simple idea at its core. Unidentified aerial phenomena are a potential national security threat, and they need to be treated that way. Yes, uh, UAP, UAP reports that we have been around for—they have been around for decades, and yet we haven't had any orderly way for them to be reported without stigma and to be investigated. Adam Schiff said, the chairman of the House uh, Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, that needs to change. Uh, UAP reports needed to be understood as a national security matter and that message message needs to go out across the whole of the government. When we spot something, this is a quote now, when we spot something we don't understand or can't identify in our airspace, it's the job of those we entrust with our national security to investigate and report back, he said. The hearing featured two witnesses, Ronald Moultrie and Pentagon and Scott Bray, okay, going down. And then it says here, now it goes into the shortcomings. It was short on specifics. I didn't expect yeah. much from those hearings, and I was not disappointed, said Robert <laughs> Schaefer, a leading skeptical investigator of UFOs. Uh, it was long on posturing and promises, but very short on specifics. Yeah. Schaefer said that there was uh, 
Much talk about sensors and databases during the hearing, but the evidence they trotted out was ridiculous in the extreme. Indeed, the object in what was tagged Video 1 2021 was so insignificant and difficult to see that it had to be played over and over again before the object was even seen. That was that one that was a tiny, tiny. And they're like, and they couldn't get it to slow down right, because that, it was a video. That took up like 15 minutes of the damn hearing trying to like <laughs> stop this one frame. A little of zip across video. the screen, right? Yeah. And so it said, yeah, uh, was so insignificant and difficult to see that it had to be played over and over again before the object was even seen. When finally it was caught in a freeze frame, it was just a tiny round object with no details, he said. And that's probably, yeah. probably a tic-tac. Mm-hmm. Uh, very likely this was just a balloon that the aircraft flew past at a high rate of speed, Schaefer said. Now, he's a skeptic. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah. You know, they show this as some of their best evidence, and we are not supposed to laugh. <laughs> um, and then it says, wild goose chase. Uh, Schaefer also spotlighted another video from the hearing that showed triangular-shaped objects as seen through a night vision device. It is reassuring that they seem to understand that the objects themselves were not necessarily triangle-shaped. This is... An artifact of the camera system, he said. Uh, but it was shown conclusively over a year ago that the unknown objects match up perfectly with the planet Jupiter and the stars of Scorpius. So these experts obviously know less about these military videos than the civilian analysis do. <laughs> huh, well, I hadn't heard that part about right? that video and that being... Yeah, and that's the thing. These people that are just doing it on the side yeah. know that, a lot more, know about, more about it because yeah. they're more interested. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hearing provided a new uh, pretext for spending taxpayer money on a wild goose chase, Schaefer said. We need more sensors. We need more databases. We need more staff. And since the goose will forever escape us, the investigative gravy train will have a long run, he concluded. So he's a total, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's jaded. He's skeptical. Exactly. And then it says here, resolve the enigma. Robert Powell, executive board member of Scientific Coalition for UAP Studies, had gave a mixed review of the hearing. It was a step forward in that Moultrie and Bray committed to make public as much information as possible on the subject of UAP, uh, and they seem committed to trying to resolve the enigma, Powell mm-hmm. said. At the same time, it was disappointing, Powell said, in that they had a lack of historical understanding of the phenomenon. They were unaware of incursions over U.S. nuclear facilities, which came that uh, can be tracked back to 1947. And we've yeah. talked about that. I mean, and we are... That's, I'm kind of wondering if that's, they think that we're all so stupid we've never heard about that, and that's the stuff they saved well, it's for public the closed record. hearings. I yeah. mean, you, so that seen... might be the kind of things they saved for the closed hearings, even though we all know about it. Well, right. We, we're we from where Vandenberg Air Force Base, and we've seen UFOs yeah. shoot a laser beam at the tip of a rocket yeah. to somehow manipulate it to either get rid of its potency or to do something but there's actual video of it, you guys. Yeah. I'm not, I'm mm-hmm. not kidding here. That was a very interesting. And video, so by that's the, way. the thing is that anybody who's deep into this knows way more than the government officials because right. it, it's just a, it's a labor of love. Right. Exactly. You know? And their thing probably is they they probably did talk about that, but because it's nuclear facilities, the public can't hear it. So that's maybe that's all their that's probably all, all, all the closed, closed session stuff. Was, yeah. but it's all stuff that everybody knows. Well, anyway. and I th- I understand the need for sensitivity because yeah. you, you don't want the government you don't want people to get scared if there's a threat. You don't want people to know every how woefully unprepared we are. So yeah. you kind of you know anything that has to do with too much detail they use in, under the closed session. 
But, but let me continue here. Okay, so going on. Powell also suggested that the U.S. Navy outfit some of its vehicles with equipment such as spectral analyzers and wideband electromagnetic detection systems to be prepared to properly measure emissions from any UAP they may come across. There is, quote, there is so much that could be done if we take a proactive stance with UAP rather than depend on the happenstance of a pilot or carrier group coming across one of the objects, he said. As you can tell, there is much that I would like to see accomplished. And then it goes on, where do we go from here? Alejandro Rojas is a seasoned UFO investigator who serves as head of the public relations for the Scientific Coalition for UAP Studies. Rojas said he hopes that the UAP issue will be taken more seriously as a result of Tuesday's hearing. Quote, Everyone from the members asking questions to the witnesses seem to be taking the issue very seriously, Rojas said. Hopefully this will help alleviate the stigma that has hampered serious investigation on the issue. And I agree. Mm-hmm. Bray and Moultrie also implied AIMSOG, that's that, <laughs> will reach out <clears throat> to civilian research groups. Hopefully that uh, happens so we can help close the large educational gap that was demonstrated at the hearing. Boom. There you go. That's yeah. it. The yeah. educational gap. That's what I mean. It, it, it felt, they felt woefully lacking in detail because even not, of us yeah well because that's not what they've been focused on in these actual <clears throat> right. civilian groups that is their focus and it has been for decades so they know their shit <clears throat> yeah so they've got all this information that and yeah if we can mix these two groups and well share yeah information, i mean if, if they start getting with these private research groups and these privately funded campaigns uh they're gonna they're gonna catch up to speed and be on the same train as we're all on because yeah, we've right. been doing this for real. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then the article goes on, um, wanted best possible data quote, UAP are most likely a mixed bag. Many, many, uh, many may have mundane explanations says astronomer, Avi Loeb, head of Harvard's Galileo project, a sy- systematic scientific, uh, re- search for evidence of extraterrestrial technological artifacts and author of the recent book Extraterrestrial uh, from Mariner Books. Uh, from a quote, from a scientific perspective, it makes most sense to focus effort on developing new instrumentation and monitoring objects in a quest for the best possible data, Loeb told Space.com. Instead of relying on pilots, the government uh, could use ground-based instruments of higher quality than available in fighter jets or analog or analyze the best satellite data in its possession. I hope they are doing that. We employ a much smaller budget to follow this uh, goal within the Galileo project. Um, he says, uh, Loeb says, the question is whether there is uh, even one object for which human-made or natural origins can be excluded. In particular, do we have the materials from any of them? Uh, quote, if some data has no national security implications, it should be analyzed by top scientists. I would love to help uh, interpret the highest quality data if shared openly, he said. And Tuesday's hearing could end up leading to more openness down the road. And I agree. That's mm-hmm. what's good about this. Absolutely. Um, it, I'd say, quote, I'd say that anytime there's an opportunity to make an issue of potential national security concerns more transparent and programs related to its more uh, to it more accountable, that's in the public interest, says Sarah Scholes, author of 
they are already here, UFO culture and why we see saucers. Um, <clears throat> a quote, I would note that it's not the subcommittee on alien visitation that's discussing the issue, Skulls concluded. So um, uh, that, that's pretty much the end of the article there. But, but the point is, you guys, is that there's going to be skeptics, of course. And skepticism is healthy. We should all have a little skepticism. We all want to believe. Oh, yeah, but you can't look at every video and say, oh, yep, yep, that's, that's, yep, that's, that's it. Aliens. That's, that's, that's aliens. That's that's. that's that's proof right there. Yeah, <laughs> proof positive. But the fact that there might be the more money, and there that you know, that skeptic guys like, oh, it's just going to be money thrown away. Well, no, it's money that's actually being used to Republican, right? Exactly. <laughs> used to. They don't have. These they things. have no problem spending millions of dollars on um, the National Rifle Association, but mm-hmm. God forbid we figure out more about the space right? and our exactly. technologies around us. Yeah. So I think that is the <clears> very good part that came out of this is that yeah. there is going to be more funding. There is going to be be more transparency there's going to be more cooperation well, and it does seem that we're finally at a place where hopefully the government will admit that what it knows and what it doesn't know will will destigmatize anybody who wants to come out uh, and then increase technologies and and also yes create a worldwide database from private sector research as well as government research and maybe they can get together and actually start funding the Galileo project and different things like that so that yeah. we can actually have better instrumentation, more money, and then come up with real answers. Because, I mean, listen, you guys, put this in perspective for a second. We are talking about over 400. Now, I know just in my lifetime, I've personally seen more than 400 videos on aliens or mm-hmm. UFO or UAPs. Yeah, with the mouse Myself, watch, definitely. <laughs> one person. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And yes, I'm a freak about it. You know, I love this stuff. Do I believe in UFOs? Yes, I am a hard believer in UAP phenomenon because I've seen it with my own eyes. Now, that does not necessarily make us 100% on the whole alien thing. Although, then then the only other uh, explanation is that they're cosmologically in or, cosmological beings or cosmological anomalies that we weren't previously privy to. Yeah. Or, worst case scenario, uh, advanced technologies from another country that's not us, in which case we always shit our brick. We always shit a brick when uh, we're afraid that somebody might have a bigger weapon than us. And so, yeah, I mean, the implications are huge here. Uh, Not only in collecting data, not only in, uh, 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 you know, standardizing research, standardizing observation and data collection, but also... Uh, hopefully starting a global uh, network, governmental and private sector, so we can all get together to, together and work, put our heads together mm-hmm. and, and, and solve this together. Because the more brains you got on a single issue, the more you figure out. Absolutely. More resources and, equals more better results. Yeah. And the release of the whole the Project Blue Book stuff. Because, yeah, that Tic Tac video that everybody knows about now mm-hmm. It was only just released within what the last couple two of years, years ago, or whatever, yeah. and it's been the video was taken like twenty years ago. Right. So if that twenty years could have been spent with people talking to these pilots who are now going it. on interviews and yeah. shows and things, it could have been you know well, investigated and studied more. And, and, and that's, now that's the good thing about this. And that's why that, I wanted to read that last article because there were skeptics and then there was private believers, researchers who were like, "Holy shit, the government is." 
living in black and white and we're in 4K color here. Yeah. Like, yeah. what in the fuck is going on? Right. Um, yeah. But yes, so yes, we are now privy to the fact that, okay, we're de-stigmatizing the phenomenon. And we are getting to a point now where at least the government is open-minded to it. Hopefully that will bring about at least better transparency, probably not full transparency, but at least better transparency, or at least the de-stigmatization of reporting the event. So so now uh, service people aren't going to have to feel scared when they mm-hmm. come out to report these things. That's yeah. good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, but, yeah. but it does make you laugh at just how fucking... I mean, we are talking about cavemen trying to fight, you know, Godzilla here with a stick. You know, we are so yeah. woefully uh, ill-prepared in understanding this that it's almost laughable because, yeah, I mean, like you said, those naval... Cra- that those, That's the most recent evidence we have that came out in, what, 2019, I think? Mm-hmm. And and um, that was actually... Uh, that came out because of um, Tom DeLong. Yeah. If you guys Jeff know, Project Tom DeLong yeah. was a... He's in that band, Blink-182. Blink 182. 182. Yeah. Not, huh? Not the drummer. The, Not the drummer. No, that's Travis. He's, a, He's the, the lead uh, singer. Yeah, he was the singer. <laughs> and... Um, that's Travis Barker. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I know that, but yes, because I'm also a metalhead at heart. Uh, but yeah, yeah. But it, so it is exciting. Um, but it, but yes, it, it's funny to me that in the year 2022, we're just now, just now getting into the point where our government is starting to prepare itself uh, for the actuality of these events. It's well, crazy to but me. It, publicly. Well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, which kind of brings me to the the two guys that I want to talk about um, that claim that they've worked for the government for years and years and years. So the first one... Hold on, hold on. So let me set that up. (laughs) Okay, Okay, so you guys, um, uh, we watch a lot of UFO stuff. The the latest documentary was on Showtime. It was called UFO. And uh, there's a bunch of shit out there now where I think a lot of the UFO shows are all sort of piggybacking off of each other's information because like i said you know the more information the the more prepared we can be um and and yes there is a guy that came out of the woodwork of you know first there was bob lazar bob lazar was a guy who claimed to work for area 51 and he uh talked to joe rogan on his podcast and he got a lot of views and he's still getting a lot of views and book deals and junk and then you've got dr stephen greer who uh, is a, a, he's just a doctor who happens to love UFO shit. And he's gotten famous in it because he's, he's pushed and pushed and prodded and he's getting a lot of good results. And Mm -hmm. so he, he's um, done a lot of uh, his own personal investigations and he's interviewed some of these people you're going to mention. But I wanted to say that, yes, somebody came out of the woodwork who uh, claims to uh, have worked for the government at a very high level and, I, and now I take it over to you. Uh, talk about those folks, please. So the first guy, Richard Doty, D-O-T-Y. Yeah. Um, he's a retired special agent with the U.S. Air Force Office of Special Investigations. Yeah. And he worked in counterintelligence. Yes. And he, if you guys, you anybody who's into it like us will um, understand that he's the counterintelligence guy. So you don't know what to fucking believe with this dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So basically, like one of his stories is that there were some people that saw UFOs, yeah. and they were in actual in actuality United States made craft 
that had been reverse engineered from alien craft. Right. He was sent out to tell them, no, that it was an actual UFO because they didn't want it known that the United States had the technology that they were reverse engineering. Yeah. So he was actually tell like this in this one case, he was telling someone it it is a UFO. Just so they wouldn't know that it was that we not something technology. that we didn't have greater technology. But his so Russia claim, wouldn't know that we have greater yeah, technology. Exactly. Right. But his claim is that the thing that he saw had been reverse engineered from an actual alien craft. Yeah. So and he just goes into these stories like he's got so much detail, detail about detail. going into these underground things and he's seen bodies and he's seen yeah. all these reports. He's and that was the craft, interview that we watched with Dr. Stephen Greer. Exactly. And that's why I mentioned yeah. it. Right. So it's, it's so Fascinating, like you don't know what to believe because his job was to make you he's believe a something that was a liar. He's so, a professional what do you liar. believe? But the amount of detail, either he is a fantastic storyteller that can just dream up, he might be a straight shit. up narcissistic sociopath, or, or he's telling the truth. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. That's the, but that just brings into mm. the light that. There are people working on this shit in the government. And yes. maybe these two that were in the hearings don't even know about it. It could be so secret that they don't, it's not even, you yeah. know, it's above their pay grade. Absolutely. But there is stuff going on that is actively investigating stuff. But this is the type of detail that the public would well, never know. Well, that's why it's, it's a it's very so exciting time right now to mm-hmm. be in this uh, phenomenon because not only are we getting more evidence, not only are we getting the cooperation of the government and all these agencies, but yeah, there are people who claim to work for uh, Area 51. And uh, there's another guy who uh, claims that he he's a um, independent journalist. Do you remember his name, hon? Let me look it up. Okay. So, yeah. So first there's the Richard Doty. He's the counterintelligence guy who's there to lie to the public and deceive so that, you know, it's all about uh, hiding evidence so that, that the public doesn't know, so that our uh, quote-unquote enemies don't know either. And mm-hmm. so sometimes they tell the truth. Sometimes they lie. And so we don't know whether these latest interviews are a lie or a, or a truth or some variation. I think it's probably somewhere in between, yeah. honestly. Well, I, and yeah. he might have just come into the point where now that he, um, because there's a certain sworn secrecy, and then I think they're, once something's declassified, they're allowed to come out now. And, and so maybe as a part of their legacy, whether it be ego or book deals or whatever, these people are coming out as these quote-unquote um, insiders who are now uh, giving levels of detail that are quite fascinating. And they're either crazy and full of shit or uh, they're telling the truth. And it's quite fascinating. But yeah, this guy that we're about to, that you're about to mention before that, I just do want to mention, I think like with this Rick Doty guy, Mm -hmm. their safety in numbers because there are, you know, there are people that know all this classified stuff and they're coming out. If it was just one person like, Oh, he died in a car crash the next day, but they're coming out and having these conferences with all of these people coming together that have all this Mm -hmm. great information. And because they're doing it all together, it would be kind of suspicious. Oh yeah. Suspicious as Bailey would say, (laughs) um, if they all, you know, something happened to all of them. So it's kind of like, they're all doing it at once, so they can Yeah, kinda... no, that's a good point, because there is a safety in numbers. When you all come out at once, you're less likely to get in trouble. That's why we have unions. When everybody joins the union, nobody gets in trouble. And so mm-hmm. you don't have outliers um, who are afraid to be honest. So, yeah, that's yeah. a good thing. Um, but, yeah, so but what, getting back to setting up this next fella, uh, his name is uh, David Rosenfeld, and he... 
works where now, babe? Um, he's with a group called the Utah UFO Hunters. Yeah, and he claims that he, he's he's kind of a on the scenes in the trenches type of independent journalist who uh, is now telling us the public that uh, there is very a very good likelihood that Area Fifty Two now exists in, in Utah. Utah. Mm-hmm. So go ahead on that. Yeah, well, he's actually um, taken people to this area. Um, I don't remember if it was actually, they showed it on a map, or they ke- they kept the route secret. They, they don't want people... Yeah, they didn't show specific geography, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, because it's kind of like Area 51, mm-hmm. in that he filmed areas, and it's completely covered with barbed wire fences and cameras and... Signs saying well, no trespassing. Yeah, we saw this, you guys, on an episode of, uh, what's that one with Ben Hansen? Ben Hansen's is UFO Files. Yeah, UFO Files, you guys. If you love everything ghost and weird, go just get Discovery Plus. It's fucking right. treasure trove. Yeah, UFO Files and UFOs, The Lost Evidence. Yeah, so on this episode, this is where we were uh, introduced to this fella, David Rosenfeld, who makes this claim, and they showed evidence of video of, like, craft that would just disappear in front of your face. You're, mm-hmm. They're looking from long-range, uh, like, telescopes and such that are recording, and yeah. you would see a craft on the ground and then just disappear, like it was going into an invisible building or something. Yeah, yeah, that one was crazy. And you then know? there's he also had that video of that... That big light beam going into the sky and there was stuff flying around it. Right. Um, Yeah, so the thing is, you guys, is that, you know, when too much uh, heat is on Area 51, they go, well, fuck it, let's move it. You know, (laughs) and that could be exactly what's happening or some variation is maybe they're doing both places or whatever. Yeah, and it's the type of place that if you get too mm. close to certain areas, like men oh, in SUVs will come out with guns yeah. and tell you to leave. They're and, very serious and they, so. will, they won't, you know, that kind of reminds me of how a couple years ago there was that kind of million man march where <laughs> everybody was saying, oh, they can't shoot us all. And then, I mean, I was wondering if it was going to happen, but it, it was... It, it kind of did. There was a whole bunch of people that gathered and just... Yeah, kinda, nothing came of out, it. But, they but didn't yeah. storm the gates. No. But that's what kind of what was happening is they said safety in numbers. If we all get yeah. together, we'll storm the gates and they can't shoot us all. And they wouldn't because right. it'd be yeah. televised. You exactly. Know? But yeah. yeah, no, nothing ever really came of that. But um, it was cute and funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, do you have any information on that Rosenfeld fella? There's really not much. Yeah, just, just an a, independent journalist. And yeah, he's just one of the guys who is exposed to Area 52. And, yeah. and some of the, if you guys um, want to know more about Area 52, do your own research. Google it. It is fascinating. You will see some videos that will blow your mind. I'm just mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. Right, yeah. So. And it's another one of those kind of chicken and the egg scenarios. Like, right. my, my theory is that a lot of what people see out there is stuff that the United States government has built, but yeah. because it's been reverse engineered from craft yeah. that have crash landed that we have. Very so I well think could it's, be. It's a mixture of yeah. real, like actual alien. Well, and there's enough uh, video evidence that stuff. we yeah. watched that mm-hmm. was very compelling. We're like, holy shit, because this guy David Rosenfeld came out and presented this evidence, and that's why it gives me credibility. Not because he couldn't be hoaxing; he could. But someone like him who's constantly on these shows and does these things and does it for a living and, you know, works for the Deseret News and all these places, or at least works with the Deseret News, is not going to burn his bridges. He needs to build credibility. And so when you have agents like that, when I say agents, I don't mean, 
you know, government Secret agents. agents. <laughs> I mean, just people working on their own to do the, this kind of work. They, the credibility is all you have as a as a paranormal investigator or UFO investigator. And so, yeah, are there going to be signs of hoaxing occasionally? Yes, of course. But when your reputation is all you have, you're not going to burn your bridges. You're going to tell the truth. And so some of the evidence that he has uh, shown us on the UFO files is fucking terrific. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah. And then uh, we wanted to talk about that other gentleman. You want to talk about him? Yeah, there's also another guy, um, Luis Elizondo, and he's a former U.S. Army counterintelligence special agent. Yeah. And he's he's kind of come for like the Richard Doty guy. He's come forward and said that he was in charge of these organizations that that investigated all of this stuff. And he actually... He was a military guy. He's a military guy. Yeah. And he got tired of everything being hidden from the public and actually quit. Yeah. Um, there's there's some people that say he's bullshit, and that, but then trying, well, to, trying for, to just... Counterintelligence. You know, exactly. So Well, and he strikes me as a very credible figure. Um, yeah. Not only because um, I was in the military, and he acts exactly like I remember. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, he's um, definitely... He's got that uh, thick neck look with that uh, thousand-yard stare. Oh, yeah. And the crop top. You know, he, that motherfucker is in the military, mm-hmm. at least. We oh, know yeah. that much. Absolutely. Um, but I just tend to believe him because, um, yeah, he's just he, he talks about a lot of things about uh, how these phenomena are, are real and how we really have to start taking it more seriously. And he could be the catalyst why these hearings took place because he's been having to go to private uh, uh, sources, private media to say, Hey, this is what's going on. Mm -hmm. And as it picks up more traction, finally the, uh, the phenomenon is is recognized by the government. So he might be that catalyst. Yeah, absolutely. Richard Doty was involved, you know, Mm -hmm. probably two decades ago, Mm -hmm. but Luis Elizondo is more like within the last, 10 years or so. So he's very right. recently come very out. Very recent. Right, forward, right. So. There, a lot of new information being brought to us by him. Not necessarily video evidence and all that, because he does have uh, things that he can't talk about because of his uh, top security top clearance, yeah. security clearance. Mm-hmm. But he but he does at least, he's, he's an alarmist in the sense that he's ringing the alarm bells to say, hey, we're not getting the information that we require. And so... Yeah. Going to the public, I think, was his only way of getting the government to fucking, you know, wake the fuck up, man, and Mm -hmm. quit being weird about this. And so we're finally, it's a very interesting and exciting time to be a ufologist because, yeah, we're now greasing the wheels of progress. And that's good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you have any other information? Um. Not really. I just yeah. I just want to <clears throat> mention those two shows again because they are so good. If you if you're interested about this, stuff, yeah, I was gonna say yeah. Watch the UFO files on Discovery Plus. It's it's hosted by a former FBI agent named Ben Hansen. You might remember him from that uh, paranormal par- paranormal factor, co- factor, factor fiction, fake. right? Factor Back, fake. That was they about would, ten years ago. Yeah, and they would actually try to debunk things. debunk stuff. They would do the stuff the-, the government should be doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and so he he's come out and uh, he the reason why he uh, I don't know why he no longer works for the government uh, maybe because you know he, he's a wild you know he wants things out in the open yeah so yeah he he's just a little too truthful things. but yeah. um, he was told by his grandfather who was uh, a part of a top secret uh, alien he was told things by his grandfather that about. Not just UFOs, but by actual alien beings. 
And so he believes things that only you would believe if your grandfather told you. Yeah. And so there's mm-hmm. a certain, I don't know, uh, credibility to that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I kind of believe so. that he's a good source. And uh, then there's, of course, Nick Pope. He was, uh, <clears throat> he worked for... Um, British government. The British government, yeah. He was a Department of uh, Defense, I believe. Yeah, I think that's what for, it was. Back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And now he, he oddly lives here in America. He lives in uh, Arizona and... He's still an advocate to this day. And so, yeah, you guys, at the end of the day, I mean, we wanted to do this episode because we wanted to give you all the information we had. We wanted to give you our thoughts on what's real and what's nonsense. And I think we've done that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And the other show um, was UFOs, The Lost Evidence. Oh, okay. Yeah. really had a lot of the same players. That was a good the two one. Shows. So... Some of those went off the rails. Some of those. those um, yeah. The, some of the the word oh my gosh i can't think of it episodes there you go um that was the word you were missing yeah episodes. Missing. It, yeah oh. but um yeah that was a really good one too because it went into some of the mm. the older stories migraines will get you credible. every time migraines <laughs> get me all the time yeah no it, it really did you know the that particular show went into different phenomenon so it would talk about okay first ufos and then this and then this and then they even got into uh, close encounters of the third kind where there was kidnappings. And since we're, we're talking about this, you guys probably want to know more about the 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 Hills. Betty and Barney Hill. Betty and Barney Hill. And Ben Hill. Hansen did something with that, too. So that was, yeah, that was one Claim, of the very first. That was the very first. They were a mixed racial couple back in the 60s. I believe it was, what, 67 maybe? Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. But they but. came out as being the first people to have, or one of the first, to have come out uh, openly to talk about their um, capture of being uh, kidnapped by aliens. And, and they went through all these... Um, you know, and whether it's true or not, it's hard to discern, you know, but um, eh, why not? You know, I mean, shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, think of it. Yeah. I mean, if if we humans do the same thing to animals, why wouldn't a more advanced species do it to us? Yeah, exactly. You know, we're watching the secret of Skinwalker Ranch. And while there's not much more to report on that other than um, they're just continuing to find more and more proof that there's something obscuring their data collecting evidence. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's something about a hundred, what, 500 to a thousand feet above Skinwalker Ranch that uh, uh, is showing a, uh, it's just all kinds of proof kinds that of stuff, there's an yeah. anomaly there that mm-hmm. they're not sure of. Perhaps it's a portal, perhaps it's this. They, they've seen UFOs or UAPs there several times, and it is fascinating. So if you guys want to know more about. The more recent evidence of UFOs, watch uh, on the History uh, Channel, The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. You can make fun of the characters a little, like Dragon. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny, but um, but they're they're likable guys. And, uh, and yeah, they're doing good research, and uh, they're trying to find out through, um, you know, because they even had some former Navy guys who started their own uh, XAP which is a company that uh, researches and documents the stuff through all these technologies, these visual technologies. And they came out. And one guy got this bad headache, migraine, just like Tom did in the first season. And, like, apparently there might be some, like, uh, what was the, there was, like, some uh, gigahertz, 1.62 gigahertz was found to be the the frequency in which um, uh, 
uh, unusual um, phenomenon were taking place. Yeah, and uh, and that we're 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 not they're theorizing that there's some whether alien or foreign phenomenon above the ranch that is um, doing weird things uh, to their instrumentation, any of the data collection that they're trying to find. And so, yeah, you guys, at the end of the day, I know how outrageous some of this can sound, but what if there are portals? And maybe that's how they're getting into us in some interdimensional portal or some time-space wormhole uh, and they just pop out, and that's why we don't see them coming through our satellite technologies because they're not coming physically; they're yeah. coming through some other means. And why they seem to appear and then just disappear sometimes, right? Like, oh, there's just so much stuff. There's, there's so, so many much. things. It's well, so- that's the thing. I mean, and that's the that's the exciting part of this is that I mean, when the government is willing to admit that we've had 400 confirmed sightings, and you and that's I have something. been. Yeah, huh? of something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just means that if the government's willing to confirm 400 sightings, then and we've seen more than that, yes, of course, you have to rule out hoaxing. You have to rule out some of the more absurd aspects to all this. But at the end of the day, what it means, you guys, as ufologists, or now I guess you apologists, <laughs> <laughs> um, is that, yes, it's a very exciting time, you guys, to be a ufologist because... The government's going, getting more uh, progressive about it. Uh, our technologies and instrumentation is getting better. And, uh, and now you've got TV shows doing their own private research. And yes, I know they do it for a profit. So what? You know, but, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, if, if, you know, I'm the kind of person, yes, I'm the first to tell you I'm a jaded old bird. Don't believe everything you're told. Don't believe everything you read and don't believe everything you see. That being said, I just refuse to believe that a TV show on the History Channel would be completely making all this shit up. Right. That would yeah. be a bridge too far even for me. Like, sure, they might get a little razzle-dazzle with the, you know, you know, they pretend to have conversations mm-hmm. for the camera, things yeah. like that. Yeah. But, but I do believe the information they're putting forth and the actual science that they're the, you know, the actual experiments that they're putting on mm-hmm. are credible. What do you think? I, I 100% agree with you. Yeah, because, yeah, I like mean... The conversations are, you know, they're scripted. Yeah, yeah. We know that. Yeah, but, 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 the, but that's actual, just to illustrate what they're yeah, saying. Yes, but the actual research and the actual things that are happening, mm-hmm. I, I do think that's true. And I think... The reason, obviously, the reason it's out here is because some rich asshole in Utah <laughs> had a lot of money and he and bought, bought the, the ranch. And he yeah, can, he can and before that, there was another stuff. rich asshole named Bigelow exactly. that owned the ranch. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and they can finance <clears throat> this stuff privately. So, I mean, who's going to tell them what they can and can't do with it? Well, and I don't know why, but um, what's that guy's name that owns it now? That he's he, we, we suspected uh, he's probably a Mormon. He's a real estate yeah. developer, isn't it? It is Brandon Fugel. Yeah, so Brandon Fugel, right. His actual title, he's the chairman of Collier's International in Utah. He's one of the most prominent businessmen and real estate developers in the Intermountain West. Yeah, so that's fancy speak for a rich rich guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but, but, well, and I don't know about you, babe, but, you know, I grew up kind of broke, still broke, uh, still regular folk, and, um, and there's just something fun and interesting and exciting when rich people get involved in crazy shit like us. 
Yeah, exactly. You oh, know? totally. Because they can afford to do. The they can do something about it. About yeah. Doing. yeah, they don't. Absolutely. They can't just watch TV like us or read or. Yeah. Instead of like, ooh, I want to go. Maybe I can go stand outside the fence of Skinwalker Ranch. He's like, fuck it, I'm going to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. It's like, uh, you know, it's like it's like uh, Bruce Wayne. Uh, I, I I bought the bank. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's exciting, and um, and I like all of the guys on uh, Search for Skinwalker Ranch. I think. Um, you know, Utah, I, I lived in Salt Lake City for a year, and uh, I was out there, and I found Mormons to be really nice people. I think the religion, eh, no offense, but it's a little weird, you know, it's a little different, <laughs> you know, but um, really nice people. And uh, Utah, it gets very cold in the winter, and it gets very hot in the summer. And um, uh, But yeah, my time there, I found the people... Uh, it was a mixed bag, but um, but there was a lot of nice folks there. And so when I see the characters that they have on this show, probably a lot of them from Utah. Um, I know that Travis is from Alabama, and I also spent time in mm-hmm, Alabama right? because yeah. I was in the Army there. Mm-hmm. He's an Alabama boy. Yep. And, um, Dr. Yeah, Travis. Dr. Travis. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, yeah, at the end of the day, I like all those guys. You know, uh, we know that one guy that they call Dragon. His name mm-hmm. is Bryant something. something. Um, I can't remember. But he's actually a high school buddy of uh, Brandon, Brandon Fugel, mm-hmm. the rich guy. Yeah. Yep. And uh, he's probably like, hey, man, hook me up. Let me do security. <laughs> he's like, all right. Right. <laughs> like, you know, he's probably like some. Uh, and the thing is, like, so hmm. I think I mentioned it when we first started talking about Skinwalker Ranch. Like, the first episode or two, I was just like, oh, this new bro <laughs> stuff. Like, it was just, it was nauseating. But Why is that? It was just, I think it was because they were getting into the swing of it, too, so everything just felt really weird, and they just seemed like... Awkward. Yeah, so it just, it came across that way. But then after, like, two episodes, I'm like, okay. Yeah, no, we've talked about that, where the Secret of Skinwalker Ranch, they're finding their footing, and the guys felt very sort of stiff and kind of wooden, and uh, perhaps maybe a little conservative, and we're like, I don't know, but then as time went on... You really start to like everybody, I do. and like, like hey, regardless of politics, regardless yeah. of upbringing, just and yeah, and that's what we're all about: is give people a chance. Don't right. don't yeah. don't be swayed by this um, filter that we always put up, this wall we put mm-hmm. up. Some people are really good people out there, yeah. and it's. It and makes I have you to feel say, like the world's a good place. Yeah, as, and as far as Brian mm. slash Dragon. Dragon. Like, <laughs> the fact that they call him Dragon. It's just, I roll my eyes every time, but it's yeah. so funny. And he, like, at first I thought he was kind of a dick, but he's just a sincere dummy, I think. And like, yeah. when he says stuff on the show, you can tell, like, they're trying to give him lines to sound smart and, like, yeah, get yeah. in the mix of it and keep him involved. And yeah. it's just, it's heartwarming now. It's cute. Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then that other bearded redhead dude is mm-hmm, the other security right, guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, and, and that's just it, you guys. I mean, the secret of Skinwalker Ranch, for, you know, uh, I don't, I know that they probably script some of the conversations and they, you know, but but it does feel like they're picking up where Bigelow, the last owner, mm-hmm. uh, left off <clears throat> because Bigelow did all this research and then he gave it to the government. Right. So, so oh. there's years of research that they did that but, nobody no knows what happened. no transparency. We yes. don't know any of it. Exactly. So, and, which is just further proof that the government <clears throat> does know a lot more than they're saying. Like, well, because they've been they did research there for years. And, and this show is even speculating that they're being observed by yeah. the government, yeah. shadow government. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's the thing, you guys. Is at the end of the day, um, there will always be a shadow government. 
Um, we call that the, you know, that the boogeyman government, you know, that shadowy, uh, nondescript government. Um, and so there, will there always be 100% transparency with the government and, and the United States? No, of course there not. There will never be, no. But at least we're getting to a place where, I mean, for, it feels to me like they're trying to get us used to the idea so that when shit starts coming out, we're not fearful of it. Because they, you know, because I think that's why in the in the beginning there was a lack of transparency. Because at the end of the day, um, they knew that it, that life would cease to go on normally if we all were just floored by the fact that UFOs and and aliens really exist. I think, you know, they're afraid of not only of our revolt. But they're afraid of the systems collapsing because we'd stop going to our jobs and all <laughs> right. this havoc I'm might ensue. I'm just waiting ensue. for the aliens. Fuck, fuck, fuck my work. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I ain't going back. I got better things to look at now. I almost said the name. I'm trying to keep the name out of this. What name? My work. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I know, you guys. At the end of the day, it's all fascinating stuff. And, you know, um, but yeah. I, I, I feel like we're finally at a place where the government is starting to get more progressive about all this, more honest, more transparent. That's a good thing. But, yeah, they've got a lot of catching up to do. So that's where we're going from here, I think, is <clears throat> at the end of the day, we who know more than the government are going to be watching for accountability. Mm-hmm. We're going to be watching to see where they go in the future. And, yeah, I speculate that technologies will get better, that uh, they'll start sharing information with private organizations uh, back and forth. And that will create this database and network and better technologies so that we can all uh, pitch in and find out the truth about this phenomenon. Because at the end of the day, that's the thing that's most mind-blowing. The the big takeaway here, you guys, is that this phenomenon is even proven by our government. That is exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're not saying it's alien, but it's it's there. But right. yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. So hey, you know, that's I think pretty it's, good. It's good that there's there's going to be <clears throat> hopefully communication between private sector and government, and and I like the fact that there is so much technology now that the private sector has. Yeah. That people with money can can do things that are actually valid and scientific. And well, yeah, and maybe this will also give some more um, uh, free advertising to these private systems so that they get more money, so that they get more funding. Perhaps as they, you know, uh, receive more, uh, they'll, maybe they'll receive more grants, maybe they'll yeah. receive more funding, or maybe just because uh, this has more transparency, everybody involved will uh, get paid for their work mm-hmm. and have yeah. more money for their technologies to to get Mm -hmm. better at their craft yeah absolutely exciting stuff it is yeah absolutely i'm (laughs) I'm excited to see what comes out of everything yeah me too and that's what you guys should be looking out for at this point is is the government gonna do all the things that we speculate are they going to work with private sector are they going to be accountable and transparent are they going to better their technologies and databases that's what you guys as observers should be looking out for hold your government accountable you guys that's what activism is all about it's not about being radical it's not about uh, talk taking sides although you know yes do i like everything that my political opposite does and says no but do i want to be a part of that fucking daily outrage machine just so that i vote democrat no fuck that i'm gonna vote democrat anyways until uh, the Republican Party uh, learns their lesson and quits pandering to the rich. 
I will always have to vote Democrat. It's not that I don't want to. I, I would love to see a two-party system turn into a several-party system so that there's nuance. I don't want to vote for Democrats, and I don't want to vote for Republicans either, but you end up, you know, kind of pinching your nose and voting D just because it's better than the other. And that's yeah. not how how we should do our system. It's crazy. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But just that here just, we are. That just reminded me of uh, to bring Popcorn Planet into it when Kim <laughs> was on there because she's in Canada. And mm-hmm. she's like, yeah, when we have elections, we've got 10 different parties and people yeah. to choose from. And it's not, you know, you've got actual variety and you don't have to be stuck with well, one place or another. Or- I sincerely believe, you know, because I have a friend uh, he's a fellow podcaster, and he he's always trying to get people to go into this certain party. Go be a part of the People's Party. The People's Party. And while that sounds terrific, I'm like, uh, how big are you? Eh, you know, a couple hundred. Like, eh, mm-hmm. a couple we- you know, yeah. handful of weirdos. But And that's fine. You know, you got to start somewhere. But until our system demonetizes the two-party platform, because that's what happens is the Democratic Party and the Republican Party get all the money, all the donations, all of the the kitty of money where the smaller platforms don't get a voice. And so until we uh, start acknowledging the nuance in between red versus blue, conservative versus liberal, you guys, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I don't give Republicans a hard time because they're my political rival, I give them a hard time because they're not helping the poor people and the demo- and the and the middle class anymore. That's why, at the end of the day, when they do good, I say good on you, sir. You know, yeah. So- and that's what I liked about these the congressional hearings on right. the UAP stuff is that it was Republicans, Democrats coming together yes. because this is something that everybody's fascinated. If we can with. all agree on something that. Yeah builds bridges exactly and it's exciting and it's mm-hmm. interesting and it's weird and it's fascinating mm-hmm. yeah so if we can somehow nice extend that agreement out into other, other areas yeah. of the political spectrum we are going to start getting more done and that's the problem right now is the two-party system is always at a stalemate nothing gets done and who suffers they don't fucking suffer we, yeah, the people, suffer. So that's why we have to advocate for our rights, you know? Yeah, 100%. Anyways, so you got any final last thoughts, babe, about the whole UFO, UAP congressional hearing? Not really. I mean, I could talk about this shit all day. There's so we many can. stories and so many people. <laughs> we can make but... this a three-hour episode. <laughs> nah, I'm good. No. Um, but no, like I, like I said before, I'm just glad that it's finally, as little as it is, as little as they gave us, it's something. And it's a start. Right. And it's a it's an exciting, to add on to fun, else cool start out there. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's why I wanted to offer the evidence, their takeaways, and then I wanted to offer some of the more the criticisms because yeah, it's they're woefully ill informed. It doesn't mean yeah. that they have bad intent. It just means oh my god, that'd be mm-hmm. like um, you know paranormal research right now. Having to rely on technologies and information from 1982, from like poltergeist. Yeah, although times, it's, it's you, know. you know it's kind of reassuring <clears throat> to know that they they know a lot more than they're telling us. Well, so there's course. a lot going yeah. on behind the scenes. So they're not as dumb as they're. No, they're no, looking, they're not dumb. No, I don't think um, those two guys that were the lead speakers were not ill informed. No, but the representatives and their questions. 
you could tell they were woefully mm-hmm. uninformed. Well, yeah. Well, they're busy being politicians. <clears throat> well, exactly. Busy doing this. That's not their mainstay, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, right. exactly. So, at least it's out there. And it's, yeah. it's people are starting to finally feel like they can be public about mm-hmm. fascination with stuff and questions. and Well, and I love the fact that, yeah, this is not a Republican versus Democratic mm-hmm. thing. This is a Republicans are just as fascinated as Democrats and vice versa. And if that ain't a fucking starting point for building bridges, right? I don't exactly. know what it is. Yep, and it's <laughs> UFOs. So. That's right. I mean, UAPs. Yeah, ooh, UAP. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so that's the, that's the takeaway. It's, yeah. it's a good start, and it's fun, and it's... It's yeah, and, and, and so just keep looking out, you guys. Uh, we will continue to inform you as things develop. That is our job as journalists. But, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun uh, doing this episode. I You know, I was afraid that this episode wasn't going to be long enough because it was so short. But, um, but there's a lot to speculate yeah. on, and mm-hmm. there's a lot there. You know, that's the good yeah, thing. Absolutely. The more yeah. information we have, the more... Uh, results we can determine and yeah I, I really do feel like in the paranormal field as well as the ufo field uh that finally we're getting uh transparency and evidence and um i would say i don't know for sure but i would say that there are probably more than 50 50 percent of people believe in ufos and believe in ghosts now whereas mm-hmm. that was way lower back in the old days right yeah so like, yeah I think the more we study, the more we show provable stuff. There's always going to be setbacks because of hoaxers or mm-hmm. people trying to get famous or take advantage of, of the, the, the you know the phenomenon. Yeah. Um, and there's going to be CGI artists and people putting out fake shit. So we have to always be uh, leery of that. But yeah, at the end of the day, I do feel that uh, the, the evidence is great enough and repeatable enough to believe that ghosts exist, that cryptids exist, at least some, Bigfoot, um, mm-hmm. possibly Mothman, um, and, and that, yeah, UFOs definitely exist, which definitely, definitely uh, Im- Im- gives you the implication that uh, aliens, that we're being visited by creatures outside of our solar system, which is... <laughs> boggles the mind. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything else, babe? Nah. All right. Just watch those shows and yeah. And look you want to say those shows and... one last time? Yes, they were UFOs. Sorry, I was away from the microphone. UFOs: The Lost Evidence. Yes, and then uh, UFO Files. And those are both those on really uh, Discovery Plus, right? Yeah, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do: is we 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 learn of a lot of new phenomenon, and then we just um, we research it, and if it's credible, we'll do a show on it. If it's not, we kind of hold it. We don't ever poo-poo it, but we just hold it for a better time. And we might do a show on the the less believable cryptids because you can't do an entire show on things where there's not a lot of proof. And so mm-hmm. I think I want to do a, a one where we do one on the Menahui and all these lesser-known critters and yeah, uh, see what fun. we can dig up. Look at my uh, my cryptid cross-stitch and there was, what, 12 of them on there? Something like that? I can't remember. Yeah. It was done. But there was a whole <clears throat> bunch on there that I hadn't heard about. And in the emails, too, the people doing the cross-stitch, she did a little blurb on each one and what their story was. And it's a good starting place for ones that we haven't heard of. Yeah, no, absolutely. So. You know, um, anywhere you can pick up new information. And you guys, I mean, you can help us out, too. If you guys have video evidence, if you guys have any stories or anecdotal evidence, uh Man, it, no one is going to believe you more than us. 
So yeah, come on I over, send it, to our, send it to us. If you can email me, uh, get a hold of me on my Instagram at Chef Bry Comedy, or actually at Surviving Empathy Podcast. I just recently changed it to Bry.SurvivingEmpathyPodcast, but it'll come up if you search for Surviving Empathy Podcast. You're at Spooky Nerdy Gal. And yeah. uh, get a hold of either of us. Uh, we, we want to believe you, and we will probably believe you. And if the evidence is good, not only will I upload it to my YouTube channel and allow my audience to uh, pick that apart and see what we can derive from that, but also you'll get a shout-out by us. And, uh, yeah, who knows? We might actually be able to do an entire episode if we collect enough evidence on a particular phenomenon, whether it be cryptids, ghosts, demons, or what have you. Yeah. Hey, Christians! You want to prove God? You want to prove angels? Fuck. Give me some video evidence. Uh, yeah. Give yeah. us all the evidence, all the stories. I definitely Absolutely. want to hear stuff. I am an open book. I am an open mind. I've, 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 I've never seen anything. I want to see things. So I want to hear stories. Yeah. So come on over to our social media. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. And we're on Instagram. Mostly Instagram. That seems, That's kind of become our bedrock, our headquarters. But yeah. And if you want to contribute to us, um, you can contribute to us by going over to uh, PayPal or Patreon at Chef Bry Comedy. If you need my email address for any reasons, just get a hold of me. I'll give it to you. I don't like to openly give it because there's a lot of people that like to do weird shit, you know, send you fuck you letters and things. <laughs> I don't need that nonsense. No. But uh, not very many, not very often, but it does happen. Mm-hmm. But uh, thank you guys so very much for another episode uh, we love this stuff, and uh, if you're here listening to this, you probably do too. So yeah, help us be a part. Be a part of our empath tribe. This is a community that's su- trying to support regular people, trying to support everybody who just doesn't feel like life is fair, who's not getting a fair shake at life. Uh, we are here to be supporters of good mental health, robust living, uh, and and, and the truth. We want to know the truth, and so at the end of the day, we you know. We're mild-mannered believers. Um, we try to remain skeptical where necessary. But, yeah, um, we feel like we're a growing brand that's going to do a lot of good work. And uh, we could use your help, um, not only financially, but also give us some video evidence. Give us your stories. I want to hear a new evidence. Um, there's that new evidence of, uh, what was it called, the Brown Mountain Lights? yeah. That was interesting. Yeah, so there's a lot of, new, kind of stuff new stuff that you just yeah. don't hear of until you hear of it. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. So I want to do more uh, research on that because the brown mountain lights, um, you know, could be UFO phenomenon, could be something else. So Yeah, keep watching those shows. Keep watching and get a hold of us, please. Yes, please. So do. thank you guys so very much. That's two for this week. We will be back next week. And then I'm going on a great big old vacation, y'all. Maybe a month, maybe six weeks, maybe two months. Probably not. But uh, at least uh, three to four weeks. Uh, uh, this guy needs a break. I'm, I'm building up my YouTube channel during that time. And uh, that's where we're going to uh, do a paranormal review videos. That'll be a lot of fun. And then you can see our ugly mugs. I mean, our beautiful <laughs> mugs. for yourself. I know, right? (laughs) Hey, that's why do you think I cover it with hair? (laughs) Anyways, thanks so much, babe. Good work. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was. Uh, Thanks, you guys. Have a good day. Bye. Bye bye.